Welcome to Three Devs and a Maybe, the podcast series for beginner web developers and general web enthusiasts. Now, introducing your show hosts Michael Budd, Fraser Hart, Lewis Keynes, and Ed Mann. Hello and welcome to another episode of Three Devs and a Maybe. My name's Ed Mann and today we are joined by a semi-drunk, I want to say, at the moment. Maybe tipsy Fraser Hart? I'd, I'd go with tipsy because it sounds a bit more classy. Um, but yeah, I've had a couple of beers and uh, yeah, I've just got, I've got a, a fried chicken meal in front of me as well. But yeah, so how are you, Ed? I'm very good, thank you, sir. And today we're joined by, and I, I should have asked for your sir, how to say your surname but off air. I'm really sorry, Jordi Boggiano. That's pretty good, man. Is that all right? Is that okay? <laughs> yeah, because we had a little yeah, yeah, yeah. before we came on air. Like, do we say it in an Italian way? So, like, Borgian or something like that? But I probably should yeah, Don't insist too much on the Italian, Paul. It was the English accent. It's, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, for the audience, uh, this is going to be released like in a couple of weeks, but it is a Friday at eight o'clock at night. And somehow I've been able to get these two on. So, and yeah, Jordi, again, thank you so much for taking the time. Um, yeah, I know you've had like a bit of a stressful day. <laughs> or well not stressful more just exhausting day and um, hacking and stuff like that and code so yeah i mean like fraser how's your week been man it's been a really good week actually yeah it's been it's been good i've been spending a lot of time working with with grunt actually cool, uh, we've cool. got a couple of we do a lot of projects like a lot of single page applications in backbone and uh, i kind of came into the company when they everything was already in place so everything that i've been working on has been kind of maintaining rather than starting from scratch but there was one one uh, single page app that we we hadn't actually converted into into Grunt. It was still using Ant for its build. Oh, I um, love XML. So my t- oh, it's horrible. like it's, it's yeah, it's not very nice. Uh, yeah, so I basically started off on on Grunt, got the whole build and and everything done. So we we when we release something, it goes through Jenkins, so it, it creates a build. So all the all the kind of the Grunt commands uh, are executed through through Jenkins. So we get a build file that we can then deploy to a server after that. So I've basically been converting our our final single page application run really really good a little bit frustrating because i've made some stupid stupid errors along the way because when we we're basically we've obviously lots and lots of javascript files lots of cs files and then when we do the build process we go through and we concatenate and we minify um and then we replace the references to all the different css files and all the different javascript files to the the minified css and the minified javascript as you do um, and I was sitting there for about an hour today. I made the biggest like schoolboy error, and I was sitting there scratching my head, like because I did the the minification and I tried to run the build, and then the build wasn't running. I was like, why is it not running? Went in the console, and it's and it was giving me an error in the console saying um, unexpected identifier, and it was giving me a full stop. And I'm like, why is it doing that on a CSS file? It's just absolutely so. Basically, I, I scratched my head for about an hour on this, and it turned out that. Where I copied and pasted the reference to swap the JavaScript and the C- into the CSS, I was basically trying to refer to the CSS as a JavaScript file, and basically I made the stupid error of doing that. So become, I, you've become a front-end JavaScript guy now. You know everything's done for JavaScript. You know, but it, it was such a simple thing. Like why? Like, and yeah, I did lots of Google searches. Like, why is it flagging up like errors in console over like over CSS? It shouldn't be doing that. It should just not work. Like, it shouldn't be telling me errors. And then I even typed in the error, and then there was like a Stack Overflow post that had about 120 upvotes on the answer, where someone else had done the same, and obviously everyone else had come to the same the same post with the same question. And uh, yeah, lots of oh. other people do that, so I'm well, not alone. Is, but uh, not alone, exactly. Yeah, 
Um, but it's been, yeah, it's been good apart how, from how, that. So what do you use for your, um, did you like use, brow- uh, what is it, like Browserfire? Browserfire? Because I use, at the moment at work, we're using Webpack, which is just mind Oh, Webpack awesome. is a new one, isn't it? Like yeah. the new, new one. Just, yeah, we, we're still using Grunt, um, and obviously oh, Gold Grunt, You can use Grunt with it, it just like, it kind of like deals okay. with the fact of, yeah, it's really kind of solves one problem, but solves it well, which is like putting things right. into modules and looking at dependencies okay. and splitting these out and like, you know, finding similarities between um, bits of code and then being able to extract yeah. those out. And it's great because it can use like CommonJS, AMD, and also the new like ES6, which is finally become, isn't it? We've got ES2015 now, which is awesome. Yeah, that's, and get yeah, their that's support. actually, yeah. It's out now. We've got WebAssembly. What What's that about? Uh, I think it was sometime last week. But we've also got like WebAssembly. Did you hear yeah. about that? Like this kind oh, of... Uh, so it's really strange. It's kind of like instead of Java... So you've got JavaScript, obviously. But now we're mm-hmm. also going to have this lower level kind of language that you're able to... I, I don't know whether you can actually do it similar to how you can do C, where you can like drop into assembly kind of thing, or it has to be its own right. files. But then you're going to yep. be able to actually like pretty much do yeah, bit, you know, proper hardcore hitting the actual hardware. So things that need to do that can wow. do that. Jordi, you said, yeah, have you been looking into, because I know you, you, you use um, things like Backbone and stuff. I know I read on your bio that you're into that stuff. Yeah, um, well, I haven't looked into it a lot, but I think it's it will open up some, some pretty nice use cases for like encryption and things like this, which need you know a lot of number crunching power. Absolutely. Yeah, yeah, like right now, doing this in the browser is just nuts. It is. Cr- I mean, it's amazing how much with like ASM, you know, uh, JS and stuff, they've been able to get out of just using JavaScript. It is amazing. Mm. And like, yeah, this is really what they need. So it should be quite cool. But everyone's just, yeah, going crazy. And, and then like, obviously, this whole thing of like, oh, it's the bytecode for the web. It's running everywhere. And then people are like, oh, bytecode didn't work for Java, you know, and stuff like this and jokes. But we shall see. I mean, you know, mm. we can only see. But... Uh, but Jordy, yeah, how's your week going, man? Like, how, what have you been up to this week? Um, I'm not sure anymore, to be honest. <laughs> <laughs> well, you were saying earlier before we came on that you were up since five or working since five or four. Yeah, yeah. I mean, last night I had a long night. I was trying to to debug some stuff on a server and like... I One hour turns into, went, yeah, the whole day. Yeah, went yeah, down the it. rabbit hole. And <laughs> but yeah, no, I mean, I have, um, you know, I've, I don't really have a fixed job, so I end up like working most of the time, but like a mix of open source and then sometimes job and sometimes this late. It's a bit messy. So do you like that? Do you, do you, do you prefer? Cause I mean, I, I kind of like the nine to five ish sometimes, but then you kind of crave like, Oh, it'd be great if I can like, you know, work when I mm. can't want to work. I don't know. How, how do you like, are you quite, cause I suppose, you know, you love programming as well. So it's hard. Yeah. I, li- I like it, but it's, it's, Sometimes yeah, it's like now if I if I try to think what I did this week, I actually have no clue. Like I'm just, <laughs> you know, it's all a big blur <laughs> because you, <laughs> you kind of don't have this this clear this definition between work and yep. and the rest and like it's. And what is it? What is your limit. work? Because obviously you do a lot of uh, you do a lot of open source stuff. And what do you do for work? Do you do freelancing or do you have a company that you work for? Or do you own a company or? Uh, yeah, so I like legal company that does, uh, freelancing kind of, like contracting uh-huh. stuff. Um, yeah. But at the moment I'm mostly working for, for one project, which is uh, teamup.com. And it's like an online calendar. And, uh, yeah, I've been doing that for like, I don't know, six months now, seven, eight. Are you, are you enjoying it? Are there a lot of hard challenges that you get your, get your teeth into? Um, yeah, yeah, it's quite fun. Like, it's, it's a cool team, you know, it's like small startup 
feel so that's uh it's quite nice and um yeah like we posted everything to see and it's looking good uh, <laughs> what was it in originally it it was the zen framework one project because like it's you know it's been started a few years ago and like kind of chugging along slowly and then they they went a bit more like full speed and um like decided to to invest a bit more in it yeah when i joined i was like okay this is a bit eh, like the the whole Zen framework one. Like I guess Zen framework two, you could you know it's fine. It's just not what I'm used to, but it's fine. But the one is is quite aging at this point. So and where are you based at the moment? Because you're from Belgium originally, is that correct? Yeah, yeah. Then I yeah I was in Switzerland for like seven years, uh-huh. and now I'm I'm mostly in London at the moment. Okay. Oh, fantastic. Uh, Whereabouts in London? Yeah. Uh, near Hammersmith. But we're gonna okay. Move. So it's out west, <laughs> out west, out west in London. Out west. No, no. You two London, I didn't know that because I went to a pub in Hammersmith a few weeks ago, and it took me ages to ride my bike there. <laughs> and, did you, and, you, <laughs> and then you rode your bike back, yeah. While I did, yeah. It, yeah. And yeah. how how, how uh, wobbly was that? I guess. <laughs> oh, it was good fun though, but it was like way cheaper than an Uber, so yeah, it was fine. <laughs> oh man, oh brilliant. Yeah, how, how are you enjoying living in London now, Jordy? Uh, it's good. Yeah, it's fun. Like. You know, it's quite uh, quite different, I guess. Like between Zurich, which is like pretty small town, uh, and here is quite huge. So it's like twice the population of Switzerland in one city. <laughs> so, uh, <laughs> so yeah, I mean, it's it's definitely cool. But because uh, I, I travel quite a bit as well to conferences, and so when I'm here, I tend to like. Stay home and chill. That's uh, it. Yeah, so, right, try and get your bearings so, and go and actually get on with some work and stuff. Because I mean, that's the thing. Like, when yeah, you schedule yeah. up going to all these conferences, how do you again? I suppose how do you find time to get on with work? And is it just whenever you can? Like, I'm on, the, I'm on the, you know, on the aeroplane. I can get on with some work now. Um, yeah, it's a bit like that. <laughs> it's it's the it's the bad side of flexibility. I would say is that you you end up you know kind of walking non-stop in in a way i mean it's obviously I, I have some some free time as well but i mean if you consider you know conferences obviously they're not exactly work for me um i mean i don't get paid for that and i do it for fun mostly so it's yeah it's kind of fun time but it's uh it's also balanced. It takes a, I've got to takes get on a lot work. of time. So yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. Because it's not, it's not only get doing the conference; it's getting there and everything like that. And it's you know, it's those mm. those times. And like, how I suppose the thing is is obviously we're talking. We've kind of like you know gone full steam ahead, of like talking about what you're doing now. But going back, like, how did you get into programming? Like, what started you? Like, um, yeah. So that's interesting because I, I actually wrote that on Monday morning. I think um, I published this blog post. You know, last week was the. This I was just about. Year. Yeah, yeah. I was just about to say I read that. And it was a really good read. And, uh, yeah, so, I mean, it took me a week, uh, <laughs> to actually get to it, but, uh, but I wanted to do it because I think it's a fun idea, like, to, to kind of, you know, look back at, like, when we started and, like, there's a bunch of us that have been doing this for quite a while now. Um, we're all turning into old farts, so, yeah, it's, <laughs> it's, it's good to write it down before you forget, right? Um, but so uh, no anyway like what I didn't touch on much in the in the blog post because uh, I focused it more on PHP was how I got really started with like could call it programming um was writing those uh, MIRC scripts oh so, yes i remember those uh, <laughs> 
that's yeah that's like when i got internet i guess i was 14 or something and yeah it's kind of the first thing i ended up doing was joining ILC and then spending way too much time on that. <laughs> Your whole life just became, yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah, like a, a long dial-up session that cost you like per minute some, some absurd amount. <laughs> sorry, mom, <laughs> so, sorry. Um, but so yeah, I, I started playing with that and I mean, you, you know, in retrospect, if you look at it now, it's not quite programming. Like it's, it's not very advanced, but, um, but you know, like writing bots and stuff like that would just answer people. And, some some nonsense like that. That was that was kind of the first things I did. And were they like for fun that those bot like bot, uh, bots, or were they really to, like solve a problem you were having? Like, did they like no, were they just no, for you no, to experiment? Just... They were just for fun. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. It's mostly like you know shouting insults at people. That's it. Yeah, exactly. I was I was gonna like, I was thinking no. they're probably yeah. Can't like bunch of teenagers. <laughs> no, it was it was fun, but. Um... But after that, like, yeah, I got into PHP and, and Flash a bit as well, and, uh, and then JavaScript, and that's all I ever did really was, was programming. Like, I, I played a bit with other languages just for fun, but like serious development, it's, it's mostly been just like PHP, JavaScript. So that's got, and how did you find like PHP then? Was that just the first, cause were, were you looking at making like moving on from like MRC bots and stuff to, <laughs> I want to then, you know, kind of like start making dynamic pages, et cetera. And yeah, I mean, I was doing web stuff, um, like just, you know, playing HTML and some, some flash animations and, and some and such. But, um, yeah, eventually I wanted to do some, some more dynamic stuff and I had a friend that was doing it a bit. So, you know, he showed me the ropes and like, I remember having this, um, I mean, that's just one, one thing that made me laugh because I realized like how, how many projects I built with this was, um, this one file that did the MySQL connect and the MySQL little like, uh, select DB. And <laughs> I like for years, I didn't really understand what was going on in there. And I, I didn't care. It was just like, okay, Did I have this job, file yeah. and yeah, it's a black it works. So <laughs> I just copied in the new project, include it and done. And it just works. Uh, <laughs> And that's, yeah, that's, that's how development was done back then, I guess. But, uh. It's changed a little bit now, hasn't it? <laughs> yeah. Are you saying like, cause you moved to Switzerland then? What, what was that then for? Was that to pour your career or was it mainly just to kind of like do some exploring? Uh, yeah, some exploring and girlfriend and stuff. You know? Yep. Uh, <laughs> met a girl and, and so on. Uh, so yeah, well, that was like during my studies still and, uh, so, so what, what did you study then? Was that, uh, computer science or was that another kind of different? No, no, not quite. Otherwise I would have done like some serious Java, right? Uh, yep. There you go. Yeah. You would have been tainted with, you know. No, and I was more like multimedia, stuff, um, you know, cinema school actually. So it was oh, cool. a whole lot of movie editing and, uh, 3D, 2D, like modeling and animation and stuff like that. Did you think about maybe becoming then like a movie editor and video editing before? Going into programming, um, or was it just because you enjoyed it from a young age? You thought I might as well just do that as like a. Well, I I was a bit into 3D stuff as well, uh, like before before starting it. So that, I mean, that was something that interested me. But they did like a, a mix of this and so web tech, but like you know more like Photoshop and like Flash and like a bit of PHP and HTML, but like fairly basic. So it seemed interesting. But by the end of it, I was just like, yeah, no. Uh, <laughs> you know, I've not had enough of this. This is not for me. No, no, I mean, it's fun. I, I really enjoy it. And I, I, I quite regret not, not having more time for the whole, uh, 
3D stuff and, and all of that is, is quite fun, but it's just the industry is fucked, I think. It's, uh, <laughs> I mean, most of the people I knew still went into it. Um, like in my class, they, they mostly went into the whole movie industry, but it's, uh, it's really tough. Like, I was thinking it must be such a hard, you, you really make it or you don't, and there's a lot more people that don't make it. You're the lucky ones you yeah. hear about, and exactly, not. and it must be tough. Yeah, cause it, yeah. I mean, yeah, getting that first break. Well, in the like in the directing stuff, it's more like that. But then in the whole like editing and special effects, it's um, it's there's more work, but it's very much um, like centralized in a few places. We have like in in Canada, there's a big hub. London, there's quite a bit as well going on. Uh, but then, yeah, like if you graduate in Belgium. Forget it. Like either you work on advertisements, like small small projects, or if you want to do anything serious, you you have to move. So, do you thought you know. I can't? Yeah, you want to do something different, and then that's when programming came in. And well, yeah, I mean, I had been doing a lot of programming anyway, and so I kind of got stuck into that more, and uh, then I got a job and got stuck in the whole. <laughs> so <laughs> ten years, yeah, ten years down the line, and I'm still do- you're still doing yeah, it. <laughs> exactly. And like, so how did you get then into the open source world? Because like throughout this then, so you've got a job and stuff like that. And did you do a lot of tinkering on the side, a lot of experimenting with PHP? I think PHP has always been quite a bit of open, like, you know, everything pretty much is open source, right? Like The languages, so so everything is, yeah. Well, yeah, the languages and all the libraries, the frameworks, everything, like you have really a couple of things that might be like... um, proprietary stuff that are like encrypted and stuff but otherwise it's you just you have the sources and so i guess it's part part of the community so i, I don't know like i i remember having this one step where i thought like oh okay there's this open source thing like it was it just kind of happened you kind of just got into yeah the, yeah you, it's like slowly because like, was it this was obviously probably before github time like yeah how did you how did you release still, like what were you what were you releasing still, on like sort Subversion, <laughs> SourceForge, stuff like that, maybe. Or no, pick. I had I had my own uh, my own SVN server. I think I was using Assembler as well for a while, and then uh, yeah, I never got into SourceForge. I think or like not much. Yeah, you but, don't um, want to get into SourceForge anymore. They've just yeah. turned into like the devil. <laughs> no, definitely, it's like I, I mean I don't know what happened there. One and then they're like distributing like GIMP with these you know yeah with crap, that malware and stuff. yeah. Yeah. It's just like, what the frick, man? It's like insane. So everyone's just getting the hell out of there as soon as possible. It's just ridiculous. Mm-hmm. Um, and then because uh, one of the things that you're involved in is uh, Symphony and Symphony 2. Yeah. So how did you get into Because um, I'm guessing like, I suppose not throughout the whole line of like PHP career, but maybe probably a lot of it was web framework based or was it or was it very much like at the beginning, just, stat, you know, index.php pages and an about.php <laughs> page and, you know, a bunch of includes and... Yeah, no, I guess since I've been doing this like professionally, it's been mostly, uh, mostly framework or CMS style stuff. Um, and some of it was, you know, in-house framework, but still, uh, there was something in place and like classes and so on. So I actually, yeah, I, I never really used Symphony One, but the, the company I was working at back at the time was uh, Leap and, um, I don't remember the details of why exactly this happened, but like, so we had this internal framework that we were reworking and, um, 
at some point, I think, so Fabien, the, the, the lead dev on Symphony, came to, to Zurich to, to give a talk. Then they discussed a bit, and he ended up like giving us some of the early stuff he was working on for Symphony 2 that wasn't public at the time, um, which was like mainly the, um, the dependency injection container yep. and uh, a couple other things. And so we, we worked that into our framework, and we gave a talk about it uh, together, like me and Lucas Smith. So we gave a talk at the, the Symphony Live 2010, I think, which uh, which is also where Fabian announced the um, like Symphony 2 release and like well wasn't released but you know he opened up the the repos he had and showed it to the world the, the Steve Jobs yeah, opening <laughs> exactly the, the big unveiling there and one more thing <laughs> yeah and so yes yeah, so since I was there like kind of by accident in a way but. Um, but I, I really like this idea of, you know, having a new framework that was like all new. And it, using the de- latest best practices. And, and could you see that from the beginning yeah. there when you looked at the source, you just knew that this was something you were going to want to use. Like it was completely different to what was out there. Right. Cause I suppose it was code igniter and things like that at the time. And exactly. Right. Like you had all the, the, the usual suspects and they were working new versions, but it was always incremental. And it was like, okay, let's, you know, add these new features and so on. But. There was no real big change in the in the way we did things, so that was kind of boring. And this completely changed it for you. Yeah, that's that's really what got me excited uh, was the clean slate. And then with it though, so how? I mean, like it's very strange. So he, how, why did he actually open it up to you guys? Then was it? Were you friends with him? Was the company friends with him before, or was it he knew about uh, your company? Uh, or was those details kind of? Like, I wasn't no. there exactly when it happened, so I'm not sure of the details, but... Was it like a Mission know, like Impossible, he... like, stealing the source code type cool thing, you know? No, Tom no, no, Cruise no, comes like down. He... <laughs> <laughs> no, I, I know, he, like, he gave a talk uh, internally in the company, and then they discussed, and I'm not sure why, to be honest. I think it was Lucas kind of trying to talk to communities and, like, slowly change the way we were doing things inside the company, like, using less of the, the in-house framework, maybe, and making it more open yeah, I don't know. now that's really cool man because then because obviously then you got i mean was that when you started com- contributing to the core of symphony 2 because it, on your page yeah because you know, yeah. yeah, because obviously you had like from first-hand experience you probably when it was first released you knew it inside and out whereas don't other people kind of well, so, seen it before. i mean the, the whole the whole bundle stuff was new like we didn't see that but the whole at least we were used to the concept of di which most people back then were like not in the PHP Complete, world. Yep. So, so yeah, we we had been doing that with Lucas uh, for a few months. Like we were refactoring the the entire framework. So yeah, we we kind of were familiar with some of the stuff. But uh, and on what type of things have you contributed to the core? Has it been big functionality, or has it been kind of like the the yeah kind of the internals? That's a long time ago. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> many commits ago. I, I didn't really work on like one specific thing. It was, it was more like stuff here and there. Obviously, composer is your your big claim to fame. So <laughs> yeah. how did how did that come about? <laughs> yeah, yeah, that was always <laughs> totally like, yeah, in, yeah, yeah, internet no, famous right. right there. Yeah, yeah. So so yeah. what what brought that about, and what was the the kind of the the motivation behind making composer and yeah. Um, so, so that was also like sort of symphony related in a way. Um, huh? 
Because Symphony Two did it's, come out with Composer by default. Was it? An, it was initially the release was. It wasn't in two o. It came in two one. Um, so in two o, we still had this uh, depth file, which was like a shell script essentially with a bunch of Git clones. Uh, <laughs> And that was like that didn't scale feels, very much. It feels uh, like the dark ages now, doesn't it? How crazy is that? <laughs> yeah, I mean, it, it you know it worked until we started having like more and more dependencies and like yeah things depending on that and this specific version of that and so on. And then you like the the instructions to install bundles were getting more and more complicated. And yeah, like we I would say right before I think the tool was released on June July. Um, 2011, I think. And we started on Composer a few months before that. So, so Composer was actually specifically designed as a, a component for Symphony, for Symphony then. Is, is that correct? Or well, so for it me, it was you working on? that. Yeah. Um, and the, the other guy that started it was, uh, like, Nils Adam. He was coming more from the, the PHP BB side because he's the lead okay. dev on PHP BB. And, um, they need a plugin installer. I think they still do. Uh, so I'm not sure if it panned out very well. I mean, they, they have a bunch of, you know, stuff they, they worked on since then and they, they did lots of progress, but hey, I'm not sure what the status is with the, the plugins. But anyway, like we had those two communities that needed something. And so instead of working on, uh, in a silo on your own, yeah. <laughs> solutions like you had with, you know, WordPress. Plugin installers and whatnot. Yeah, we just worked on that, and um, and like for for Symphony at least, it made sense to support everything because it had dependencies on Doctrine and Monologue and uh, Aesthetic and so on. So you know we needed like generic support for stuff, not just plugins. Um, so yeah, that's that's how it came to be mostly, I guess. And, and did you kind of uh, did you? I mean, the initial idea of Composer was that something that you? So it was a problem you were trying to solve. But did you kind of spec out on a whiteboard like this is what I wanted to do initially, or was it really kind of like just hacking on code at the weekend or during the week and being like, oh, mm-hmm. you know, I want to do this kind of thing? Well, so I mean, there were already, you know, it's, it's not, uh, it's not like we invented something amazing it's uh you know, i mean it's very lot. similar to like you know it's solving the problem in the php world that you have like npm for and gem e- exactly and, yep and pip for and tons of previous art there so so yeah we took a lot of inspiration from bundler and uh and npm and kind of looked okay what's you know, what what do you what do you need to support to make it uh like a, into a good thing then obviously like I guess we have some some sort of unique features as well by now, but it's uh... that's kind of it. Like, because I suppose it came from humble beginnings, and now it's become so big. And it was, you know, as, as Fraser was saying, like that's your claim to fame, which you kind of shrug off. And into, uh, do you did you you think it would become so big, or did you think it was going to solve this problem and it was just going to stay in the PHP BB world and the Symphony Two world? Hmm. Yeah, I didn't really think of it. I mean, I was mostly interested in like the symphony aspects i guess at first and then um i don't know it was just fun a fun project to work well that's on, it it was a front it was a hard fun project like, to work yeah. on isn't it that's exactly how it starts yeah <laughs> i didn't really anticipate or, or care much actually for for what happened i guess but but the thing is yeah it's um as soon as people started using it, they, you know, they started nagging other people to, to add composer JSONs because that way they could use the libraries and 
So it, it spread quite quickly due to that, just because uh, everyone was kind of an advocate for it. Because, I mean, I suppose before that, there was obviously Pear, uh, you know, yeah. we're going to boo Pear and stuff like that. And uh, were you kind of out to kind of try and replace Pear? Because that's kind of what's happened now, hasn't it, really? It's kind of the replacement for Pear. I don't know whether you kind of thought that when you were making it. And again, it's because it probably well, you're thinking a symphony problem. If you look at Packagist, um, there's an interesting thing. Like the first version, I'm not sure if there are actually commits of that or if <laughs> it was just living on my computer. But, um, <laughs> you might just do this init commit. That's what, yeah. But, but like if, if you check the, if you check on the Wayback Machine for the, like the first versions of packages that got snapshot, it, like the way I started it at first was just kind of to told the pair guys a little bit but um <laughs> it was, it was kind of in a nice way nice way of saying it. yeah trying to stuff stuff up and like you know bring something new but um you're basically doing a it was a proxy repository so you could like list all the repositories like all the reports and then you just add that one and it um it would let you install any package. So I don't know if you remember, but like for, for installing PHP unit, you used to have to do like add the PHP unit repo and then add the Symfony repo because it depends on the, on the YAML package of, of Symfony. And then you could install PHP unit and they would find the other one. So I like with this, I had like all the repos indexed and you could just add one repo and you had access to the entire pair ecosystem of like not just the pair repo, but all of them. And so, yeah, I started playing around with that, and then I figured, okay, I have this thing now, and then we started working on Composer, and I thought, okay, let's just bring it together and drop the pair aspect and like just just build a, a new like central repo for, for everything, but in an open way. And was that your aim at the, the whole thing, was to make it open? Like, when you were building it, it I suppose, well, yeah. were you building it in your day job, I suppose, for your company at the time, and then you were just like, I'm going to open it? Um, no, that's actually when I started on that was just when I quit my job. And so I had a lot of free time. A lot of time, yeah. (laughs) You find out how much time you actually have, don't you? (laughs) Yeah. But so, yeah, the the fact that it's open, I think that was was a critical point to me. Uh, There was something I really didn't like about there was that you had this, you know, this committee of smart people that review a package and go like, oh, you know, no, this one is not and I mean, obviously, it's a good thing, but I think now we we have the same effect with uh, like the the league or uh, some like power or you know you have like those communities sort of self-organized and you have like brand names. That's exactly it. Yeah, like the packages. You know, you have the fact of you know how many installs has it had, how popular is it, and stuff. Mm-hmm. So yeah, it's itself. Yeah, self-rating, self-ranking, and self-kind of supported. Yeah, so I think that that worked out fairly well like it's obviously it's the it's a bit of a mess if you compare it to pair obviously it's less organized like you don't have just one of every type of library uh so it's a bit overwhelming sometimes just look at npm uh, though i mean that's the (laughs) yeah yeah that's the thing was that the idea with packages was to kind of look what the others have done and and bring it to the php world because had you because had you been because i suppose you're saying you're like you did a lot of javascript as well like was it were you playing around a lot with node at the time and npm um, no i wasn't I wasn't doing node a lot well i never did node a lot i did like a lot of javascript but not uh not node very much more like and stuff but yeah i i mean i looked at node 
well at npm had a um, just because it was it was new and it was json and that made sense uh, to me at least <laughs> some people are still not happy about that but so so what do people actually want uh, uh, are they what they're looking for xml or yaml or mostly yaml i guess but it's uh, i think json's yeah, I think so I think YAML is far harder to kind of and confusing, and it's like Python with significant white space, and that gets yeah, a that's, pain in the that's ass, the thing. Like, like there are problems to everything, and like today I would probably do it with Tamil. Uh, I don't know if, you, if you've seen Tamil. Tamil, no, what's that? Tamil, like T O M L. Uh, it's from Tom. Uh, what's his name? I forgot his name. Uh, Tom, oh, Tom, oh, Tom Preston Weiner, the guy from GitHub. Yeah, yeah. Um, and it, it's it's like I and I, but yeah, it does look very similar to I and I. More features. It's like this the same simple syntax, but a bit more features, so that you can actually express more things like arrays and stuff. But then there's no nonsense. Like if you look at XML or YAML, you you have like the specs are extremely complex. There are many things that people don't even know about in there. You end up with like security vulnerabilities, or you know, like lots of bad stuff happened. So that's that's more like a pure configuration language, and I'm guessing trying to port that there's no chance of being able to do that now because of the fact that you know it's I mean yeah yeah I think it's it's kind of set in stone now. Your decision to do a composer at JSON file is now <laughs> the way kind of like <laughs> it would and, just break a lot of stuff. So and I suppose that's another question then. So you know you didn't expect it to become so big, and but what was the hardest part of building composer? Maybe if you, if you look at it from uh, the hardest part, not maybe of building the software itself, but like building the software for the size of the community, I think the hardest part was like cross-platform support and um, managing to like iron out all those little bugs that yeah, just that must have been appear on, on this machine. A pair of Windows. This, it's just like, oh, Windows has done this. You're like, oh. You, I mean, yeah, you, but it's not just Windows because I, the thing is, I develop on Windows, so usually it works quite well on Windows. <laughs> but it's more like someone has a CentOS four or five or something <laughs> that's not been updated in ten years, and it's been you know it's a self-compiled PHP with this random flag that just creates this bug, and and it isn't actually something to do with Composer; it's something to do with PHP entirely, like their configuration of it. Yeah, in a way. Yeah. <laughs> But they blame you because obviously your thing's well, the one. Well, obviously, causing. I mean, still need to fix it or like find a workaround or you know something. Uh, like in the worst case, document it. But the point is, yeah, at this point, it's it's such an essential tool that you can't just tell people like, oh, sorry, you can't run it. Well, you know, not my problem. And that's it. Like, how much debugging does it take? Like, because I suppose, do you kind? Because I mean, as it's computer, you know, it's got a, it's an open source project. So, do you get a lot of input from other people that help, or are you kind of the mainstay that you know I'm going to be the one you know up all night trying to debug this in a VM, trying to you know compile CentOS four with this? Kind yeah, of no, I, I never did that. <laughs> like, <laughs> I will work with people and try to guess at what's wrong and like you know get them a, a debug build or something that's if it. needed. But... I am not setting up VM CentOS. That's that's crossing the line for me. Like it's <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's like I care, but not that much. It's like I care, but I, I can't care that yeah. much because there's too many people. Because like for for me, I'd feel like the hardest part of building Composer, but I suppose it didn't really happen at, at the time. And you got like the semantic versioning was probably the dependency graph. Yeah, that's so. That's the main part that I didn't do. <laughs> oh well, I don't blame you because that just seems crazy. So, so yes, it's. I mean, it's definitely complex. 
uh, and we had like some some interesting times with that for sure. And you also last year some interesting garbage collection issue or not issues but kind <laughs> yeah. of discussion that kind of it literally went around the whole of the php world yeah just to say with the garbage collector it makes things quicker it's like really yeah that is was... that what we're getting out of this are we really getting that out of this like yeah that's just uh, like crazy. Crazy. effects like i don't know i don't know how you call that but just like a lot of people well it's know, exactly and they're like think uh, yeah that's it. I mean, because I assume because uh, um, Anthony Ferrara he posted a really good blog post on it, didn't he? Like he like knocked yeah, yeah. out the water talking about how how the garbage collectors like reference counted, and then you know this yeah. is because of uh, a sick well cichlid, uh references, and that's why. Uh, and it's just like crazy and awesome. And like, did you get yourself because like I suppose as you say you didn't you didn't write that bit, but I suppose you maintain that bit now because or, or do you have other people that help maintain that that side of it, the um, dependency part? Well, so Nils is still there, kind of, sometimes. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> so he's the one that, that like, wrote all that code. And, um, I mean, it's, the, the good thing is, it's this, this thing is just an algorithm, right? Like, it's fairly stable once it, once it runs, it runs. And, um, so there are, like, not so many times where we actually need to change this. Um, yeah. Have people ever said, why don't we write this in C? To make it quicker in quotes or something like is there has there ever been like a, a thought of making it into like a you know like going down a level into c and writing it there or does it work really well being in, on top in the php user land well so i mean there's a whole bunch of things which are like network slowness right and that you can't really make it faster by by going to c so then the main thing is the solver yeah like the dependency solving thing that's a lot of math and just like number crunching so yes that actually if you run it with hhvm for example you'll see that it's a lot faster on the solving part because it's just a fairly tight loop iterating for like millions <laughs> so, <times>. yeah <laughs> uh, so yes i mean it, it might make sense just who who wants to do it <laughs> and uh, and then yeah, we'll see. Like maybe we still find a few few ways to improve. I mean, we we got a pull request that we merged. I think yesterday or the day before, we had to revert it because there was a a little bug. But <laughs> you're like, go go back. Yeah, but um, but like that actually brought some yeah some memory improvements and uh, like a bit of of runtime as well. So. You know, there, there are little things we can get like here and there. And, and we've composed like house, because obviously it's used everywhere and people are updating. I mean, probably people aren't updating it as much as they should be, um, you know. <laughs> but, you know, like what um, kind of strict kind of, you know, when I make a release kind of things do you go through? Like what testing do you do? Is it all automated or do you do some manual testing still to make sure? Um, no, it's it's all like just the suite and... You know, if it passes the test suite, I mean, it just goes to the build. And then if someone runs a self-update, they get the latest yep. from master. And some people don't like it because it's, it feels dangerous. Um, but the very good side to it is that we get a very, very tight feedback loop. So if we break something, you know, about know it like instantly, pretty much fairly yeah. immediately. And that's, uh, I find this invaluable because yes, it's going to mess with one person's day, maybe uh, a little bit, but then like, you know, we can, at least we, we're still kind of in focus, like in your mind, you get a bug report, you know what you're just working on. So you can go back to that. Like you, you know, yeah, you that code's still hot in your mind. what the problem yeah. is. 
Exactly. So, so it's, it brings like the, the fixes can be done way faster. And in the worst cases, if I see like, okay, it's, you know, I don't identify the problem that then I'll just revert and debug with the former version. But yeah, I think overall it gives us a fairly high quality on the master is always stable because if it's not, people complain. So it's, um, and like so, so versioning wise on it, do you, do you you just like prefer keeping it with just git uh, commit hashes? Well, there are some some releases sometimes, <laughs> uh, just not enough of them, I know. But uh, but yeah, it's to be honest, I think it's good if everyone just uses the latest. But it's yeah, sometimes people have like older builds, and then they you know like I had someone complain earlier about um, well, not complain, but he was just like. Asking what's up with the this current operator, which you know started failing, and I'm like, yeah, okay, well that's just because you have an old <laughs> yeah. self update, self mm, update, know. just do that and you're done. Yeah. yeah, I mean we did that in in December, right? So it's at this point it's like six months old. It's just it sucks, but you gotta update at some point. Like, no, that's really cool, man. And, and like I suppose what is <laughs> it's like wondering what is the roadmap looking for composer? Like, have you got any like kind of? I mean. At the time, all I could feel that you were trying to having to do is just trying to weather the storm of it, kind of like, you know, everyone's using it and you're like, yep. crap, you know, and you're just like, oh man, like, I, I don't know how it would feel to kind of have a project that gets this mainstream. And then it's like, you feel, I mean, do you feel pressure? Because I would, I guess, like. Yeah. Yeah, no, there's, there's for sure tons of, I mean, it depends on the people, I guess. But for me, yeah, there's a lot of pressure just of, of like feeling responsible for the project because you put it out there and, um, when it breaks for people, it's, you know, it fucks with their day. And I mean, I, I do feel bad if someone can't, can't get stuff done because it's somehow broken, but, uh, it's not always possible to be there. So yeah, like, Let's say until a year ago, it was there was a lot of pressure. Then I I kind of bailed last year, uh, like last summer, uh, because I, I was like yeah, I couldn't take it anymore. Just so burn just, out of it all. For, for a month, I kind of didn't didn't take care much of the. the I did, was that, thing. that must have been great though. I mean, it must have been scary to think I'm gonna have to go back to it, but it must have been great to kind of not have to look at freaking. Yeah, at the time it was nice. <laughs> yeah, at the time, then it was hell, and the month after, you're like, oh man. Yeah. And I suppose, I suppose this is where it goes to, would you ever want to like not release control, but kind of like, have you started delegating and allowing yourself some time to have, you know, mm. I mean, to explore other things and do other things? Yeah, sometimes I wish I could, but at the same time, uh, well, I, I don't feel like there's anyone willing to do it. Plus, uh, one catch to that is maybe it's my fault because I'm a console freak. I'm not sure, like, you know. It's very hard to tell if, if people are not interested because reason X or Y or they're just not interested because I do controlling or I don't know. <laughs> You're like, no, am I going to take this personally or? Well, it's, it's just, I've been thinking about it for a long time and I, I just don't have an answer. Like it's, <laughs> it's so difficult. But problem. I mean, at the moment, like the way it works, you know, do you like, um, kind of delegate some time to composer because i mean like taylor otwell for laravel i mean he when he was working um he kind of had like fridays off paid to do open source mm-hmm. stuff and then now he's just working on laravel fully uh would you i mean like i know that you've got the the Torrent pro- uh, proxy project is that helping fund time mm-hmm. to actually do open source stuff um yeah yeah i mean that's that was one of the goals of, of launching this last year was um 
was to try and get some some sort of sustainable funding for uh, for open source because at the moment I, I as I mentioned like I'm working for this startup and that's you know kind of part time job and that is the bills and then the rest of the time is just a, a mess of like this store and proxy stuff a little bit and open source and like conferences and whatnot like it's it's a bit hectic but uh, do you enjoy somehow it, it works that's at the so moment it's like <laughs> Yeah, I think like for for now it's it's quite fun. Like it's uh, and do you work remote for the company? Sort of a balance. Uh, yeah, yeah. And and how do you find working remote? Like, have you is this the first time you've worked remote um, in your life, or have you done it in the past? Yes, like for let's say for a long time. Yes, the first time. Like I I did sometimes, you know, the the odd day from home, but uh, extended periods like that. Yeah, that's the first time, and it it was a bit weird, but I'm kind of getting used to it. Like the whole routine. Um, like how do you do it? Like, do you have like check ins in the morning, or is it kind of like you work the hours you want to work and you have like a, a Kanban style? Yeah, it's, online? it's very flexible. So it's, um, we're, we're there when we're there. We have like, we use Slack at the moment for communication mostly and, um, Trello board for the like sort of Kanban thing. That's it. Yeah. And like, do you like do pair programming and stuff like remote programming, like using Screen Hero or? Not a lot. No. Like, it's more for specific things, like if, you know, if something, yeah, I have something coming up right now where probably have to pair up with someone, like, to, to get the idea. And it's just sometimes easier to talk while looking at the code, but we don't do a whole lot of it. And then, cause like other projects that you kind of, you know, I mean, we, everyone knows you for Compose and Packagist and, and actually, sorry, for the audience, before I do move on from that, like, what is the Torrent proxy? Because some people may not know. Yeah, sure. Uh, I can do a little sales, sales pitch session. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> although I'm quite bad at that, I think. But, um, so in short, it's, um, proxy, as the name says, uh, that sits between you and GitHub and you and Packagist. So you install it somewhere on a server and it will take all the traffic and cache stuff. But not only like, uh, zip files, but also Git repos. So you can, um, like the the end goal of that was getting sort of independence from GitHub. So if they're down, uh, you can still install even like from from Git clones and so on. That brings a side effect, which is speed, because downloading from your server, which has dedicated bandwidth to you, is you know a lot faster than GitHub servers usually. And the other side of it is uh, that it's also a repository for like private packages. So if you have, you know, in-house stuff that you don't want to open up on packages, you can just uh, add it there and like use like composer packages that are that are private. Uh, and like, what made you think about making this then? Was this like a product that you kind of thought of like, I, it'd be great to have more time for composer. This is a problem that people are having. I'll solve it. And then, you know, people... Yeah, can... that, that was mostly the thing. Like it's, it's something people were asking for. And uh, we had a solution that's like open source, but not very advanced. And it doesn't do the whole like Git uh, Git repo cloning and so on. So it's it was kind of minimalistic. So I thought, okay, I could build something that's better than that. Uh, has the whole UI and so on. So it's a, it's a bit more friendly feel to it. And like since you know, I obviously I can't like sell access to packages or something. It's just. You know, this, this needs to be free because it's the open source ecosystem. And, uh, like, yeah, I would get 
hunted down in the street. Yeah, you would not be heard of again, would you? You would not be heard of again. So, so yeah, I was thinking about that and like how to kind of get funding for for the whole open source thing, uh, because donations typically don't work very well, uh, or at least like not in a very sustainable way. Because how have you found it? Like, have big companies helped? Like, come and said, "Look, we use this." You know, come like go do a talk for us, and we'll pay you obviously to do the talks. Like, you know, come yeah. in and help teach stuff. Or not really. So it's been like four years now. We worked on this. I had one gig that was a uh, actual like composer related consulting. So yeah, it's not not quite the typical thing. Um, so it's not possible to live off that or like of you know support and training and stuff. there's just it's it's. In a way, it's too simple a tool to to justify this. I think. Well, I think yeah, you've made it too simple, haven't you? That's the problem. Yeah, like, tools, yeah this is your problem. Like, you know, yeah, you should have added like some crazy stuff. Maybe there you know? was some crazy <laughs> math puzzles. Any time you want to pull in a package, like solve this math puzzle. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but um, but so yeah, like down the line, I ended up like figuring okay, like building this tool on proxy, it gives me a way to to bring like hopefully added value to to businesses. And so businesses have money and they're usually ready to pay for stuff to bring them use. So, well, they should be as well because uh, they get it for free. The, like, <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, that's the <laughs> no, thing. No, but like, I mean, get... like the, the whole tour and proxy, they, you know. Yeah, oh, no, I mean, yeah, like you, you pay know, for, the, the post you get for the rest free, of then, free, Yeah, so, that's yeah. it, you know. And I mean, because that's the thing, because Packages is heavily dependent on uh, like GitHub and things like this. And if they do go mm-hmm. down, this is helping solve the problem of, you know, you see like if GitHub goes down, everyone's complaining like, oh, no, I can't, you know, Composer install. I can't do my build because I can't pull down the dependencies. This solves it for you. Yeah. You know, I mean, that's just great. Um, Another project that you work on is Monologue. And um, it was interesting because yeah. in your 20 years, uh, you know, and de- nine days blog post, you speak about that you, you made Monologue because of bringing having to cl- clone down the whole Zen framework just to get a couple of classes. And, you know, like that, that's another project that's just kind of become, you know, standardized mm-hmm. as, as like, oh, yeah, you know, this is what you use. You've got Composer for your dependency management. You use Monologue for your login now. Again, was that something you thought was going to happen or did it just happen because it was it was with Symfony? Um, yeah, I guess, I guess it like being integrated in Symfony helped a lot. And then with the whole PSR3, it, it standardized it even a bit more. And so like, yeah, other frameworks sort of integrated it as a PSR3 thing, not directly as monologue. And it, again, it's another project that's quick. I mean, do you find that you have more kind of, you, you have to spend more time on Composer than you do monologue? Yeah, sure. I mean, it's uh, monologue down the line. It's very simple, you know. It's like there's a couple classes with real logic, and then the rest is just a bunch of adapters to to send the data to this or that. So it's it's very little maintenance. And I suppose, like, I'd say, like, what do you what do you get up to any like different languages and programming languages in your own time? But kind of, I guess, your own time. It lack of if you ever have it it's probably away from the computer yeah. but it's mainly probably with packages composer and monologue because you know like i think it was last week actually you released the new design of packages and it looks awesome i love it yeah. man like really good design and cool. and like i mean how did Thanks. that go was that like kind of an easy transition or did that take quite a while for you to kind of get ready get set up and actually ship so there was like i think two years ago uh, and i'm a bit ashamed of that <laughs> well you know sometimes projects take time uh, you know yeah, now it's uh, like two years ago, someone sent a pull request with an uh, initial redesign that was kind of like laying out, uh, you know, this, like the top bar and whatever. And, uh, and he did the profile page and so on. But then I had like grand ideas 
was in my head about what I wanted to do. And this is when you make, the feature, so like, you make uh, the feature list so big and you're just like, this is going to take too long now, yeah. Yeah, and so so I was like not too... Plus, like priorities and so on. I, you know, the design is not really a priority in a way. Like, yes, it wasn't very pretty, but... It did its job. It worked. It's not I mean, like... Yeah, functionally, it worked. You'd um, rather have composer work than having a pretty exactly. design. Exactly. <laughs> So, so yeah, it took me a while to get to it, but like two weeks ago, three weeks ago, I, I finally, like, I don't know why exactly, but I was bored on a Sunday and I decided to, to take a look. And so yeah, I, I, I took a look at it and I mean, then at that point I realized they was actually not quite finished. Uh, like the whole package page was, there was no CSS at all. So, uh, maybe a few days of, um, smashing things together and um, my girlfriend helped quite a lot as well because she's in, into like design school and so on so she has a, a good eye for like pixels that are not aligned and stuff so <laughs> well, my last question again thank you so much for coming on man i know it's again like it's nine o'clock on a friday night and we're doing talking on a podcast what feature would you most like to see in php uh, uh, excluding the stuff that's actually already yeah. in seven like what would you like to see what what's like the pressing thing for you so yeah, I mean, there's a lot of good stuff in seven. I'm really happy with that. But like pushing onwards f- from that, um, what I would like is maybe a bit more of, of the typing stuff. Like if I look at Hack and other languages like Rust, um, that's the one thing that I, I think they have that PHP misses is like sort of complex type definitions. So there are, there are many aspects to that and, you know, like hack doesn't support everything, I guess, but they support quite a lot. And, uh, I think it would be quite nice for just like the sort of strictness in many ways, uh, which I, I don't think is need, like needed everywhere, but in some places having, having fairly strict type hints can, can help. So, um, be good. Apart from that, I don't know. I'm, I'm and i've been using it for so long i'm kind of happy with it thank you so much geordie for coming on man it's been really really cool having you on and talking to you oh, about no this stuff. It was fun. and i mean like it'd be great to have you on again sometime if ever if ever you want to come on and we love you all we, we love you all yes indeed <laughs> bye you've been listening to three devs and a maybe you can contact us at contact at three devs and a maybe dot com or follow us on Twitter at the number three, Devs and a Maybe.